Last week we began a series. Um, I, I was telling my wife last week, I, uh, since I've been here 14 years, I've done at least four series uh, on the topic of marriages. And how many know that marriage is really important, okay? Especially when you have a fail rate of 50% around that area ending in divorce. In fact, many Christians who, who have loved God or whatever are struggling in their relationship with one, one another and have failed as well. So we spent a lot of time and energy in the area of, of marriage and put a prior on this. But uh, I just really felt uh, a couple of months ago that the Lord was guiding me to, to speak about the family unit and uh, what, is, what is God's word on family. There's so much that has been written about that subject, uh, uh, books and articles. I mean, you just get online and just Google family and books and parenting, all that stuff. I mean, they're up the wazoo. But I want to go to God's word. What does he have to say about family? Because I believe that God's word and God's ways work. Does anybody believe that? Say amen. Uh, I, I, I just know this. The Bible says don't be just a hearer of God's word, but do what it says. It says when we hear and we apply it to life. The Bible says there's a blessing that comes our way. So when we apply the principles of God's word to our family as a son and a daughter towards our parents, towards our brothers and sisters, towards, our, towards my wife and my husband, as towards my kids and all that, there, there's a blessing that, that surrounds the family. So this morning I'm speaking on the concept of family and I'm kidding some some roles. Last week we talked about the role of children. Uh, and, and in fact, we started right out of the gate. If you didn't get a chance to hear the message, you can go online, free, just go ahead. And, and I really, really encourage you. I had probably more comments on last week's sermon uh, uh, than I think I've had in anything in a long time because I, it's right where people are at right now. And if you didn't get a chance to hear it, I really encourage you because as a parent, uh, this is your role. It's to teach the, the fifth commandment. By the way, the, out of the Ten Commandments, it was the only commandment that had a promise that was attached to that commandment, okay? Out of them all. God says, this is so important to me, so important to the nation that, that, that families get it. He says, if they get it, I'm going I'm to attach a promise to it. So, so please go ahead and listen to that. And, uh, and, and by the way, we're all kids. I mean, we all got parents in here. And if your parents have died or, and they're gone, and we thank God for them, but we're to honor our parents. And so go ahead and listen to that message here today. But today we're going to look at the role of dad, the role of father, and the role of the man in the home. Something strange happened to me. I was about 20, 21 years of age, and it was my first year of college at uh, Central Bible College, the seminary where I was going to school. And uh, there was an announcement that was made for volunteers that they were looking for big brothers and big sisters uh, to go ahead and spend some time once a week with, with some kids that, that didn't have parents or their home was uh, so dysfunctional. They weren't there. They were at another place. And so they would come on to our campus and... Uh, you could go ahead and just spend a couple hours with them, have dinner with them. And it was a great time. So I signed up for it. I saw an opportunity. I didn't necessarily feel led to do it, but I saw a need, so I responded to it. And I don't even know if I even told my wife about this. Uh, but, but in those moments, that year, my freshman year at, at Central Bible College, something really strange happened to me that I had no idea that was coming. I found myself so connecting with some of these young boys and spending time with them that, that something just kind of welled up. And I, here I am, I'm 20, 21 years old. I found myself really wanting to be a dad, really wanting to be a father. <clears throat> and here I am, and I'm, and I'm not ready to get married, okay? I'm just learning how to tie my shoes at this point, okay? And uh, had been dating, been going out with girls, but and I was not, I was nowhere mature enough to go ahead and and, and to take on a, a lady and to be the man of the home. But uh, all of a sudden, I want to, I want to be a dad before I get married. And it was kind of, it's reverse. You want to get married first and then have children. And uh, but I, I just know this: 
on my life, God has, God has destined me to be a dad. God has called me to be a dad. And I count it as, the, to me, it's one of the greatest privileges that I've ever, I've ever had. I love being a dad. I love being a father. And, uh, and I want to say to you dads, here, to you fathers here today, uh, you have a privilege. You have an honor of being a dad today. And, uh, and the word I want to share with you today is also a word for me because as a father and as a dad, I struggle. I don't have it. And, and, and as a husband as well, I don't have it all together. So what I'm going to be preaching on today, I'm going to be preaching back to myself. And I'm going to make an invitation to raise your hand if you need help in these areas. And I raised it up in the first service because I still need grace here in my life. But I want to challenge you to be the best dad that you can possibly be. To take in this word because I, I want you to take notes, dad, because there's something about when you not just hear it, but when you write it down, and especially maybe when you begin to pray about it, you, not only does it get in your mind, but it begins to filter into your heart. So we're going to take a look today is what is the role of dad? Now, if, if anybody watches TV, if you've watched any sitcoms on TV, and, uh, and especially anything to do with the family and, and the portrayal of dad, it absolutely ticks me off. I mean, you look at the portrayal of dad in most sitcoms. I mean, dad is a buffoon. He doesn't know what's going on. About the only thing that he's good for is getting his wife pregnant and more children. And and, and the wife is is a lot of times the know-it-all. And she or or the, you can see just especially over the last couple of years how the family's trying to be redefined. And, uh, and I just want to let you know, guys, uh, uh, there's, there's confusion. Hey, what, what am I supposed to do? Am I, am I just bring home the bacon? We're going to take a look at that your role that God has called you and I to, to, to make a difference in a family's life. Dad, do you know how important you are? You ever, you, ever, you ever asked yourself a question as a father, how important you are to the family structure? There was a study that was done. Uh, and it, 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 was, it was a study of over 100 surveys between 1949 and the year 2001. It was found out that dads who give their kids attention and affection, that their effect on the family, even though mom's role, okay, as a nurturer, okay, and, and helper and all that, uh, his role is sometimes is as important or even more important to the family than the mom. That when he's involved and he's he's involved in his kid's life, that that from an even from an educational standpoint, dads who are involved, in, their, their kids uh, are doing better in school. They're doing better relationally, socially. Okay, they feel better about themselves. It even has health benefit for their kids. For dads that are involved in their kids' lives. But as a whole, in the nation, dads have been missing it. So, okay, there, there's a number, now I know there's a number of wonderful dads in here. And, uh, and, I, and I thank God for you. And, and, but I can say this, all of us here in this room as dads, I know that we can go even higher and even better. But here in America, it's not happening as a whole. And I believe it's the number one reason why the nation is messed up. Because the family is messed up. And, uh, and the reason why the family is messed up is because the devil hates families. Because families, okay, represent the future. And the, and the enemy wants to mess up with the future. So he comes into your now. And so if you've got a lot of chaos going on in, in your home, if the kids are bickering with one another, they're not getting along, if you and your wife are not getting along, or, or mom and dad and the kids are not getting along, I'm going to tell you something. Someone is there in your house that you don't want. And that's the devil. And as I was sharing last week, uh, if, if we don't apply God's word in his ways, okay, to our family and to our relationships, we give the enemy a legal right to go ahead and to be in our home and to cause all kinds of havoc. But I would also say this, even if you do make a decision. And you say, I'm going to live God's way. I'm going to be a godly father. I'm going to be a godly uh, a mom or, and a son or daughter. It doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't come and attack. Oh, he still comes after you. 
But God wants to equip you, okay, wants to strengthen you so that when he does come, you'll be able to hand it and kick him out the front door. Amen? So let's take a look at this word here today. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 8. It's a tough chapter. It's a bleak chapter. Many of you know of, of these, these two cities. They're called Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody know of You think of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's not a good place. It was a wicked place. It was a place, and it was bad. It was dominated by homosexuals who were calling the shots. It was full of violence and absolute perversion. In fact, it was so bad, Lot was right there that, that they threatened his life as well as his family. In Ezekiel chapter 16, and to describe Sodom and Gomorrah as totally morally and socially bankrupt. The poor at that time were being oppressed and taken advantage by the rich. There was injustice that was totally rampant. Men had given up their roles and their responsibilities. And in the midst of this horrible society, this, this decadent place that was just absolutely perverse, God speaks a word to a man by the name of Abraham. And this word that God's going to speak here in chapter 18 not only was for him and what he was going through, but he's speaking to him what his role and what the future was going to look like. And this also word that he spoke to them, it's to us as well as men. So I want you to see it with me. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, Genesis 18, verse 18. And here's God's word. What it means to be a godly dad. This is your role. This is your responsibility. This is my responsibility. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I've singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. And then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. Okay? Now, I want you to look here. We're going to take, take a few moments. We're going to look at what four things that God said to the man here, what God said to Abraham, and what God is saying to the men here at Calvary Church. So, men, follow along with me. Fill in the blanks and ask God to do this and believe this here and here. Number one, here's what you and I have. You and I have a destiny over our life. Say destiny. God has a destiny over your life. God has a destiny over my life. He says, I have singled him out. Some of your translations say, I have chosen him. Father, dad, men in the house, even if you're not married right here, I want to tell you, God has chosen you. He has singled you out for a purpose. It means to be chosen or to be singled out in the Bible means you have been selected for a special task. God has a task for you while you are here on earth to go ahead and to complete, okay? And, 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 and God wants you to be walking with it to the day that you die. Where does that work start? Write it down here. Here's our task, guys. Our task starts in our home. This is to the man. It says, he will direct his children. This is how you and I are going to begin to advance God's kingdom, because you know who the real is, you is? You know where it's found at? It's found in your home, right? We take, we take, we, we, I mean, we let the guard down. And, uh, it, and it's, in our ho- it's in our home. We, we find out who we really are. God says, I want you to display me in your home. Starts at home. How does it happen? How, how, do, how, do, how do men become men of destiny and have a major Effect, and I say in a positive way, in the home. Uh, for those who are new here, uh, those who've been with me know that I love football. I got a football analogy. You're going to watch it for about a minute, then I'm going to talk about it. Is that okay, guys? Go ahead and let it sort of roll. Super Bowl 43. Control. 
I say yes. I, I say too. both feet in, both feet down, and control of the ball. Amazing. Three partners are there. You've got three guys. The, the, the right on the other side in the play before, though. Right. The right foot is coming up, but it's down on the ground. Is it down on the ground? Does he toe-tap it as he has control of the ball? He has control all the way through, and that's the whole issue right there. After review, the receiver controlled the football, came down on both toes, inbounds, touchdown. At touchdown, Santonio Holmes, uh, a few years ago, my son was training with him when he was going through speed camp there in Orlando. I got a chance to talk to him a number of times. Uh, but I want to kind of talk to you about that catch and just kind of bring it in, segue into it, men, our role with our families and how we score touchdowns. For Santonio Holmes, and here it is, the game was won on that touchdown cast. Perfect. By the way, you hear a lot about the catch that he made, okay? But the ball that was thrown in the midst of the traffic of three guys by Ben Roethlisberger was absolutely outstanding. Uh, but there's the guy there, major football, the biggest fan of the uh, Steelers. Right? You're wearing the wrong shirt here today, buddy. But anyways, uh, uh, but what was interesting about that, the, when he made the catch right here, notice, okay, he's reaching high, but he's touching low. Okay, he had to do two things at one time in order to score the touchdown. And here's what God's word is to us as husbands and as our role and as fathers. God has called you and I to reach high up into the sky to him. Okay, I'm talking about our lives, our dependency, our faith in him. We're dependent upon him. God, Lord, I need you in my life. I want to have a relationship with you. But yet at the same time, your feet are touching low. You're connected to your family as well as being connected to God himself. God is looking for men who will pursue him, that God will be the number one passion in your life. It's good to have other passions. It's fine to love football. It's fine to love, have hobbies, cars, and all those kinds of things. But our number one passion, our number one love in our life should be Jesus Christ. And then when you are, when you are living this in your home, in the midst of your wife and your kids, you're reaching high for the sky. Your life, you have a prayer life. You're worshiping God, and yet you're connected to them. It's touchdown for your family. Trust me when I say this. Men that are connected in relationship with God and connected in a loving way in relationship with their wives and their kids, it's an absolute huge win for their families. But our problem is we first, as men many times, focus on our careers and our jobs so that we can take care of our families and also we do it so we can be fulfilled. There's something about that. There's something in our DNA that, that, that God, I believe, has put in men that, that, that when we get married and kids come along, that there's this, there's this drive inside of us where we want to take care of our kids. We want to take care of our wives. We want to protect them. And, and we want to really do well in, in that area. And, and, and there's men in here. I mean, you spent a long time. You went to college. You went to tech schools. Okay, you learned and you've put a tremendous amount of energy uh, into, into your work. And, and I know this, that men who are not working and are, are not really doing well on their job, things are not something's wrong. I mean, he doesn't feel good about that, okay, that situation. But I would say this to, to you, man. A man uh, who, who is just seeking success and trying to be fulfilled in his work, okay, is not the end all. Listen, don't go there for your identity. And I know it's huge. A man that doesn't do goodness work, okay, there's, he, there's a sense of lostness to him. But don't let that be the foundation of who you are. I want, I want to take you to a word. And by the way, ladies, listen to this. And, and for those who are praying for a man someday, you want to get married. By the way, if you, you're dating a guy and he's totally comfortable with you, you working and you bringing home the bacon, I mean, get rid of that bum, okay? <laughs> you have a guy that doesn't want to work, you know, who's lazy, he's a bum, okay? And God's got someone else for you, okay? That's, that's warning, I mean, warning, I mean, run, okay? He wants to sponge off of you, he's comfortable, he, he, just, he, he just needs Jesus, okay? And... Uh, <clears throat> 
But I want, I want you to see something. God's Word, that, man, that you just have this drive. And you want to take care of and, and And you find yourself, man, my identity is, I, I want you to see something that Jesus says to you and me. It's a simple word. He says it to, to, to the believers, to people who have faith in Him. Matthew chapter 6. No one can serve two, two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to, to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Guys, we face this challenge. Okay, I, you know, some of you are, you're, you're just trying to survive. You said, man, I, if I could just pay the bills and, and I could just go ahead and take care of my family's needs, I'm good with that. But there's guys who are here in this room, you're not satisfied with just paying the bills and, and just meeting your family's needs. You want to make more. Okay, and I, my question is, uh, why do you want to make more? And by the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make more. In fact, if you want to become a millionaire, nothing wrong with that. It's just why do you want to become a millionaire and what do you want to do with that million is the, is the question that you need to look at. He says, God says, you can't serve both God and money. God is not anti-wealth. He's not anti-against rich people. But he says to the guys who have this drive inside of them and say, man, man, if it's to be, it's up to me, you know, to take care of my family. God says to you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you'll have enough food, drink, and clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more important than clothing? Can all your worries add to a single moment to your life? He says, absolutely not. Here it is, guys. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and He will give you everything that you need. If you make a decision to live in your destiny, to reach high and keep your feet low, touch down, okay? And God will bless your family. Go ahead and, and be great at what you do, okay? I, I love what Martin Luther King said. He said, you know what? He says, if you're going to be a trash collector, be the very best one. Okay, put time and energy. You ought to be the very best worker. You ought to be the best at what you do. But don't put that before God. So here we have this, we have this calling. We have this destiny. But I want you to see what he speaks also, second of all, to Abraham and to us. Not only do we have a destiny, but God has called our role that you and I have as fathers, as husbands, we're to give direction. You have to give direction to your home. You're the main one. Not the only one, but the main one. And it starts with you. I heard someone say that a biblical definition of manhood, father or husband, it is this. It means you are responsible. Now, in my B.C. days, before I knew Christ, before I had a redeemed mind, okay, and, and was perverted or whatever, I mean, if you were the man, it was how many girls you were with. Okay, that equals like you're the man. Well, that's the farthest thing from the truth. But here it is. I love it. You and I, as fathers and husbands, we are responsible for what is going on in our homes. That means you, you say, Pastor, you mean if there's chaos going on at home, uh, uh, you mean it, it, it starts with me? Absolutely. Listen to even the word, and I'm going to prove it to you biblically. Here, God had given a word to, to Adam and Eve. Don't eat off of this tree. Because when you eat off of it, it's going to bring death. Guess who ate off of the tree first? Who was first, guys? It was Eve. Right? It was, I mean, for once, it was the lady's fault, okay? We get the blame all the time, guys, okay? But it was her fault. It's, but, she, but guess what? God doesn't come looking for Eve. Who does he go after? He says, Adam, where are you? He doesn't go after her. He, the, the buck was stopping with him. Men, you are responsible. You want to be the man? Then you have to man up and lead. Man up and lead. God has called you to set the temperature in the home to give moral and spiritual direction, okay? In essence, uh, your kids, as well as your wife, have been called to a game. It's called follow the leader, not the dictator. God hasn't called you to be a dictator. He's called you to be a leader. But to many men, they've abdicated and abandoned the real because some men didn't know. I, I, me, the leader? The leader of the home? I didn't know that, Pastor. 
Some men don't leave because they got so many issues, hang-ups, sin issues, ill-training, inadequate. They just don't feel like, man, I don't have what it takes. So they pass it off to their wife and to the mom. But the question is, you say, okay, I'm, I'm to lead, I'm to direct, I'm to teach. Where do I start? What's, what's my responsibility? What's the main thing? I want you to underline this here. In chapter 18. Here's the word to Abraham. And here's the word to the men here in this church. And to prospective dads and husbands. Who are going to be getting married in the future. Here's what God is calling you to do. You are to go ahead and to keep the way of the Lord. Your message to your family is to tell them. okay, But not just tell them. But to show them to keep the way of the Lord. They will learn more by your example than just by your words. How do you do that? He says right here, by doing what is right and just. So God is saying to us, a big, huge, he says, if you really want to influence your family, if you really want to make an impact, he says, you've got to live right, okay, and justly. And when you do that, your kids as well as your wife will follow. But our problem is we have a generation of kids with few men to follow. It's true. Dad has gone literally and figuratively. So what do kids do when, when they, don't have, they don't have a father at home? Or, or dad's home, but he's not leading. What, what, what do kids do? You know what kids do? They follow fools and a corrupt culture. And God, listen, the, the, you, know what, you know the reason why you need to lead? Because your son needs to know what it means to be a man. Because manhood is, I mean, is trying to be redefined uh, and uh, trying to strip away masculinity. They need to see what it means to be a man. Your daughter needs to see what a man is really supposed to be. How, how he treats his wife, okay? How he treats a girl, okay? How he treats the kids. I mean, I, I, I mean three kids, I've walked three of my daughters down the aisle way, okay? I've got two more. To, to walk. Your daughter is, is thinking about that wedding day a lot, okay? And you're going to walk her down that aisle way. And, and you know what? I hope that there will be something inside her and say, I want to marry. There, there's some characteristics. There's some things that you do. And you say, I want someone like that that's like my dad. And that is a high compliment. Guys, you can do that. God's grace is available for you to lead in that area. Dad, some of you say, Pastor, you have no idea. I've so failed. Uh, I've messed up. Uh, Do you have to be perfect? Well, no. You have to just want to. And then draw upon God's grace and let God begin to lead you and watch Him lead you as well as your family. God's called you to call the shots. To set in motion through your example the pattern they are to follow. Your kids, if you have kids at home, if they're foolish, if they're rebellious, if they are selfish, they are still your responsibility. God has called you to deal with that tough situation. God says, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to show you how to deal with your son and with your daughter in this situation if they are way off base. Now, I'm not talking about where all of a sudden now you walk away today after the sermon is done and you have a family meeting and you say, you put the foot down and say, I'm the leader of this house and we're going to do things my way. You know, you just start barking out orders. It's not going to work, guys. Okay, it's not going to work with your wife. It's not going to work with your kids, whatever. Here's what God's called you to do. It's called the golden rule. Okay, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay, Uh, Man, I still fail on that area. I failed in my home. Okay, but but now we have we have a generation of, of kids who not only are telling their parents, "No, I ain't doing that." They're telling them what to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Six words that I hated to hear from my mom when I was young, as a kid. Wait until your dad gets home. <laughs> Oh, man, I, man I, I, I went to the outer limits, and I, there was a price to pay for that one. And, and, uh, and dads, uh, I love my dad. I, I can't tell you how much I love my dad. I knew he loved me, but boy, I feared my dad as well. 
And it was a healthy respect. And I thank God that he was willing to go ahead and discipline me. And he didn't just leave it to my mom. And he took up that mantle and helped me there in that area. Fathers, and I'm going to say a word to the moms here as well. I want you to listen real closely. Quit outsourcing your kids, especially the youngest ones. Dad, don't outsource your kids just to mom when it comes to spiritual direction for their lives. I'm going to be talking about that here in the coming weeks. Don't outsource them to the TV. Just go watch TV, to the video games, to the government, to the school, or to the church. I ask parents, why did you have kids? I say to parents, please, I say no condemnation here. I'm saying from a practical standpoint, the studies are so absolutely overwhelming that, that, that when the kids in their formative years from a baby up to four or five years, okay, before they're going to school, it is absolutely pivotal that mom or dad is very much connected to their kids. We had a daycare for years, okay? And, uh, and I understand that many times it takes two incomes to, to help to go ahead and meet the needs and pay the bills and all that. I get that. No condemnation here. But I would say to the parents right here, uh, if you can make it on one income and one of you can be raising the kids staying home, it sounds old-fashioned. It sounds old-school. But the stats are absolutely I mean, are overwhelming that when mom or dad is right there, I mean, I mean, have their hands around the day-to-day life, whatever. Uh, it, it is so much more beneficial for the kid. And, 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 but I, I can't tell you how many parents I saw. You know, I, I, you know, I, we, I want to provide for my family. I want my kids to have vacations and things and all of those things. And, and, uh, and I want to tell you, or, or I get bored or whatever. Listen, it's not about you. It's about them. Why, why, I, I just asked, I said, why did you have parents? I mean, why did you have kids? Why are you outsourcing them to someone else? Please think about that. I don't say that in any condemnation, any, any judgment, but from a wisdom standpoint, from a baby, uh, I, to see mom, you know, just, and she doesn't have to be working. And you say, well, I get bored. Well, tough. Get tough. Get grace. Get God. Say, God, help me in this area because your kid needs you. Kids, your dad steps into the role to be the leader of the home. Maybe he makes that decision today. I want to, here's my word to you. Flow with him. It's not going to be perfect, but flow with him. Don't fight him because if you will flow with him, God will bless you as well as him and the whole family. Amen? Number three, guys, this one's exciting. God has called you and I to greatness. You're called to greatness. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. God created you, mister, to be a great man, to be a great man of God. God's calling you as a man, okay, that is, that you see and what you see going on around you is much bigger than what you can see. Abe was loaded. This guy was wealthy, filthy, rich. All kinds, I mean, in the way that they were rich in it, and that day was totally different than the way that we were wealthy. But this guy had it, had it all. But yet, he was also lost until God got a hold of his life. Your destiny is bigger than what you have in your bank account. Your destiny is bigger than the degree on your wall, the job that you hold, the career that you have been pursuing, the title that you have, your past accomplishments, even the past injustices that were done to hurt you. None of those are there to define you. God says, I have chosen you to be a great nation under me. I will build this nation of Israel off of you. God calls this man Abraham. And out of Abraham's loins comes this great nation called Israel. The Bible says it's the apple of God's eye. By the way, we are to be praying for them. They're very, at this time in history, it would be wise for us as the church to be praying for them. But here he has this, I mean, this nation comes from this one guy, Abraham, the father of faith. But I want to say that what God calls you may not be on the same level as Abraham, but God has called you to greatness that will make a difference in someone's life and in history. Greatness was told to Abraham. Greatness was told to Moses. Greatness was told to David. David says, he stoops down and he makes me great. 
Even in a conversation amongst the, the disciples, Jesus talked to his disciples, to his twelve. He says, guys, do you want to be great? Let me show you how. Look at what happened here in Mark chapter 9, verse 33. It says he came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Can you, I'm just trying to imagine what the, this is growing men, okay? Fishermen, okay, tax collectors, and, for, and, and, and 12 guys arguing, who's the greatest? Yeah. And, 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 and then Jesus says, all right, guys, sit down. I've got to tell you something. You want to be great? Okay, that's all right. In fact, there's something inside of us. It's, I believe it's also part of our... There's, God's put something inside of you to do something great. And I want you to see how it's connected to your destiny. Anyone who wants to be first, top dog, be great, must be the very last. And the servant of all. And guys, do you know where that service starts? Starts in home. Starts by serving your wife, serving your kids. And, uh, and listen, I want to say thank you. And, I, and kids, you need to do this on a regular basis, not just once a year. Hey, Dad, thank you for working hard. Appreciate it. Okay, Dad thanks, for, Dad, thanks for the gas money. I really appreciate it. Dad, thanks for helping paying the insurance. Okay, Dad, thank you. As well as Mom, as she's working. Okay, but Dad, thank you so much. There, there's something when you express gratitude. I want to encourage you to do that. But I, I, was, I was on a treadmill the other day at Dynabody, and I noticed there on the bottom of the screen, it was on Fox News, and it said 30% of men, okay, mess up or their jobs and their responsibilities at home so they can avoid doing work at home. Now, I know that there's not been a man here in this room that would even think of doing something that crazy, okay? But, okay, in the midst of, even though we're working, and your wife work, is working, by the way, okay? She works too. There's a, how many work, by the way, how, how many ladies in here work? I mean, just, just curious. I'm just, okay. All right, man. Double duty, okay? She's trying to manage the home, manage, manage the job. Man, you guys got to be a good team, Okay? Now, nothing wrong with greatness, guys. Listen to this statement. Listen closely. Nothing wrong with greatness as long as it's under God and not greatness independent of God's. You're called to be a great dad. You're called to be a great husband. You're called to be a great example to your children. You're called to be great in your church. You're called to be great here in Citrus County. Greatness rests on your head. It's much bigger than you and yourself. Which leads to point number four. Here we go. You do this, you're going to be blessed. Is any man interested in blessing? Trust me, you are. He says, then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. That's blessing. Why? Because God says, you know what? You don't have any kids right now. And to have, when you're 75 years old and you don't have kids, that was almost curse. Even though he was loaded and wealthy, not to have children was, was, was cursed. But he says, you're going to be blessed. But why was he going to be blessed? Write, write this down. You have been singled out. And blessed so you can be a blessing. Men, see this. You have been singled out. Please write this down. I want to take a moment. God has singled you out. He has picked you, hand-chosen you, singled you out to be blessed. He wants you to enjoy the blessing. Why? So that you can be a blessing. Okay? Is it just for you? Absolutely not. Does God want to bless you? Absolutely. Now, if the only reason... You go to God is because of what God can do for, for you. God, I really need help in this series. God, would you do this? God, would you do that? If, if the only reason you go to God is for things and for help rather than saying, God, you know what? What do you want to do f- through me, God? God, would, would you actually use me? God, let it start in my home. I haven't been the best, but Lord, I want to be an example to my wife, to my kids, Lord, to my church, to my community here in Citrus County. You know what? When God begins to hear those words, that gets God's attention. But if it's all about you, it's short-sighted and selfish. And by the way, that blessing doesn't come. The blessing that you want and desire, it doesn't start until you start to lead in your home. 
If a man is not leading in this home, this, this destiny, this, this direction that you're to be given, and, and you're calling, God help me to do this, and you're not willing to do your part, don't call upon God to do that. But God's called you to be a great leader. Some of you are here. I, I, I know your lives, know your stories. There's some sad stories when it comes to your, your relationship uh, with your dad or lack of dad, no dad whatsoever. I'm saying, I, don't, I don't know how to lead. I was never given an example. My dad was never home. Some of you I, I, I know in this room, I've had conversations. You share with me. Um, you came from abusive situations, hurts. Okay. And, and there's, listen, there's all kinds of reasons and even excuses. And can I just say, God wants, to, and I just say, don't live off of the excuse of what happened to you in the past. I've, I've been around too many men that said, you know what, what happened to me? The lack of example I didn't have or a father that I never have, an absent father or an abusive father. I've seen fathers and dads say, that is not going to happen in my family. I'm going to become the man that God has called me to be. I'm going to lead my family and become great husbands and great dads. So I want to tell you something. You can't, you can't live on excuses any longer because I've seen too many men. God put them back together again and become great leaders and great husbands in their homes. And here's how it happens. You know how it happened? It's because it's called, it's, there was a well that these men went to. It's called the well of grace. And the well of grace says, God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I need help. Lord, show me what to do. God, how, how, do, you, how do you handle, how do you raise girls? I got five of them. I mean, we start off with five and, and one boy. How do you raise girls? I mean, that, that part, I mean, I, I came from a home. There were five boys, one girl. I didn't know much about girls. So how do you raise girls? Can I tell you how much, how much I prayed about raising girls? They're, they got a bag full of emotions. <laughs> and uh, uh, to me, boys seem to be easier to raise. But, but I love my girls. And God has been so good to, to help me as a dad. Dad, I want you to make a declaration. I want you to say this with me. It comes from Joshua 24. But as for me... Come on, men, say this. But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. I call upon the men of the church right here, future, future uh, husbands, future dads. You're praying about you want, to, you want to get married someday, have kids. You make this declaration right now. And dads right now. And, and even for the, your kids are out and uh, you have kids and grandkids. You speak this over your... You're, you're the patriarch right now. You have a huge voice. You may maybe a lot of mistakes as a dad. Maybe you didn't even get saved until your sons and your daughters moved out of the house. It was too late. But listen, it's not too late. You still have influence and, and, and destiny over your family that God will use if you'll make yourself available. 1936. It was in Germany, the Olympics, and, uh, and the audience was the master race, the Germans. And uh, out stepped onto a track was a black man by the name of Jesse Owens. Now, back at that time, uh, especially among the Germans there in Europe, not only were they not respected, they were absolutely hated. Uh, he steps out onto the track, is involved in four events. He wins uh, the 100-meter dash, breaks the world record, runs the 200-meter dash, wins gold, breaks the, has a world record, okay, running long jump, okay, right there, breaks a world record, then was asked to compete in the 4 by 100s okay, wins gold, and they break a record. Hitler sees this, okay, Adolf Hitler, and storms off and is absolutely furious. But here's a guy who is in a hostile environment representing a, another nation, Another country, the United States of America, and in the midst of the booze and the hostility, he showed up big time and made a mark in history. 
And I say to the men here in this church, for those who show up and say, you know what, I'm going to fulfill my destiny. I'm going to go ahead and speak direction into my family. I'm going to believe that God wants to bless me. Okay, I'm going to walk out and be the very best dad and husband I can possibly be. I'm going to be the thermostat in my house. I'm going to set the direction and say, God, as for me and my house, God, we're going after you. You say, well, my kids aren't there yet, but they're going to come. Because why? Because now you're praying for them like you've never prayed for them before. I'm going to tell you, guys, it all starts with you. The men, the leaders, you've been called to greatness. Be a great dad. Don't settle for mediocrity. The future, your kid's future, your wife's future, your whole family's future rest upon the decision that you make. And if you're a good dad, become a better dad. Keep on growing as a dad. There's lots to learn. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With eyes closed for just a moment, we had a number of people respond earlier in the service to give their life to Christ. But I'm going to... This is between us guys right now. The Bible says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And I know some of you men here, you're, you're rough, you're tough. You lose your temper pretty easily. You get angry, I mean. You don't have much patience. Can I just tell you that it's, it's, it's not a good virtue. What you need is the Holy Spirit. What you need is God to begin to renew your mind. And I'm just, I, I got good news for you here today. In the midst of your mess ups and failures, God has so much grace that is available for you. And I want to encourage you here today. This is going to be, we're going to do two things. We're going to pray here in just a moment, but it doesn't end right here. When you go home and you, you recognize and you say, Pastor, I, I haven't led well. Here's how it starts. And it may seem very threatening to you. It may seem something that that just doesn't make sense, but it makes total sense if you'll do it God's way. Call a family meeting. Stand there or sit there with your wife there, your kids there. And just very humbly to say, I'm sorry. I haven't led the way I have been supposed to be leading. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me. With God's help, I'm changing. I'm going to be a leader. So I'm going to ask that you pray for me. And I want you guys to just take a moment and just pray for, pray for one another. And just uh, humble yourself. Can I, can I just tell you this? Kids, if you're, if you're truly humble and you're sincere, they're wonderful forgivers. They'll do it if you're, if you're sincere and you, and you, 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 you take action. To the men that are here today and you say, Pastor, I need grace. I need grace. I need, I, I need, I need a deep well here today. I need so, so much help. Would you just right now, would you lift your hand? And, and if you're struggling, there's, there's chaos in relationships. Maybe, maybe it's just the kids. Maybe everything else is going good, but it's the kids fighting each other. God's called you. You're responsible. You're the man. Maybe things are not going well between you and your wife. Raise your hand. Maybe things are not going well just in, in how you're connecting with your kids. Raise your hand here this morning. Let's just ask God to help us. He's so, so willing. Just, just come on, let's humble ourselves here. There's a number of men that have got their hands up. Say, you know what, I, I, I'm not doing good, that good. I could do better. I need help. Thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, 
I'm assuming that those who don't have hands up, you're doing phenomenal. Everything's great at home. Praise God. But if not, man, please, draw from this well. Father, I pray grace upon the homes where hands are lifted up. I pray that you would give, Lord, the men wisdom, true humility, self-control, led by your Holy Spirit, God, to be the to be the to be the fathers and the husbands that you've called them to be. God, I thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing inside of them, Lord. Thank you, God, that you've called them to greatness. Thank you, Lord, that there's destiny that rests over them. Thank you, Lord God, for the men, God, who is, Lord, showing up, Lord, each day for their family, God, and working hard, God. I thank you, Lord, that, that are sweating and, 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 and exerting effort, Lord God, and, 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 and paying the price, paying, Lord, the price, Lord, Lord, to provide for their kids and, and are praying for their, their kids and their wives and protecting them, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the men, God, that are, that are covering, Lord, over their home, that are leading their home. I just pray, God, that you would protect them and watch over them and continue to bless them. And I pray especially, Lord, pray especially, Lord, for, for the homes that are here, God, that are representative, have sons and daughters, Lord, who have gone astray and things are not well. That's you. Come on. If there's anybody, please, with eyes closed, I need everybody to close their eyes. If that's you, you said, Pastor, there's some major fighting going on. I don't know what to do. Can I just pray for you? Say, I don't know what to do. Is there anybody in here? Say, I'm dealing with that situation as a parent. I don't know what to do. Father, I pray for wisdom. God, I ask for wisdom from heaven, God, to come down upon my brothers. Right now, I ask, God, that you would give them, Lord, an inroad, God, to their, to their kids' hearts. And I pray, Lord, for their kids, Lord, who are off. God, that they would come to repentance and come to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. 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 5.30 tonight. Come with an appetite. Come on time. It's going to be a great time. 201 growth track. Hey, guys, can I just say have a great day? God bless you. Have a great day, guys. God bless you. Okay.